Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Tag Talk. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. And it's been a fun week in wrestling. I think we had we had a lot of stuff go on. We had WWE Survivor Series. We had the Elite Wrestling in Chicago, which was an interesting <laughs> time. Uh, there's a lot of news at AEW, FTR, Top Flight, Dark Order, so many things. House of Black, totally forgot about that. So we have a lot to talk about. But while we wait for you guys to trickle in, we'll talk about being the Elite because everybody loves being the Elite. So Haley, what did you think about this week's being the Elite? Uh, I liked it. Um, I think my favorite part of it was the end little scene. They're like little, th- I'm thankful for. Um, yeah, I just, I love Nick being like, I'm thankful for the sandwich that I made. <laughs> like, I just thought that that was really funny. Um, but I always love like the little backstage segments and stuff before they, um, like in Gorilla, before they go out. Um, and I thought this week's was funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I always enjoy BT though. I thought, it, I thought it was really interesting. Like at the beginning of the episode, they said, we're going to Chicago. <laughs> we don't really know what's going to happen. People are going to love us. People are going to hate us. But you know what? We're going to show up and we're, we're just going to wing it. And then, it, of course, as we all saw, it ended up being like a chaotic thing. Hello Hi, to our good friend, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. We love Jackie. Um, but anyway, I thought being the elite was a lot of fun. I liked that they intentionally put in the fuck the elite channel uh-huh. last week. I noticed that we all, know, we all know what happened last week. Um, so being the elite was a lot of fun. And for everybody just joining us, we're just chatting about being the elite. Um, we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about Survivor Series and news coming out of Survivor Series. We're going to talk about AEW, particularly Death Triangle, the elite, Dark Order, all the new stories that are going on. Maybe a little bit of FTR, maybe a little top flight. We're just going to have a fun time today with all of you guys. If you want your question, your comment, your statement, your opinion read on the air, make sure to submit a super chat and we will read every single super chat just like we do every week. Um, but yeah, being the elite was fun this week. I think it's a little um, weird that we didn't get a bunch of dark order, but that it is what it is. But you know what we did get? Best what? friends in Danhausen. Uh, I'm so excited about this Danhausen turn. I know. And I don't know where what, like where they're going with it, what they're gonna do with it, but I've I think I've said it before on Tag Talk. I really hope they bring in uh Hook again mm-hmm. and have Hook be like, dude, what the heck? Like, what are you doing, dude? What's going on? And and Hook says more words than he ever has just yeah. to like tell Danhausen he's mad at him. So good. I'd pop. <laughs> I'd love it so much. Uh, so true. Okay, so should we stick with AEW, or do you want to do our Survivor Series review? Hmm. We have a lot of thoughts about Survivor Series, guys. Yeah, I think we should because we were talking about it a bit before we went live. I think that we should just get out of the way. Okay. Well, we have a super chat from Ryan, and it is a dad joke. Dad joke time. Okay. Ryan says, "I watched this awesome show called Origami Wrestling yesterday. It was on pay per view." Oh, I was like doing this because I <laughs> listen. I love that. They that was a good one. I I like to think that he had that prepared. <laughs> and he, he was just like, okay, I gotta type it in. Um, no, that was a good one. That was a lot better than some of the ones last week. But thank you for the super chat. 
And just as always, guys, super chats. We will read every single one. I didn't know. I don't know what you said. Did you say you want to do Survivor Series? Yeah, I said I think we should just get out of the way because we were talking or chatting about it a little bit before we went live. Yeah. So Survivor Series <laughs> happened. It was Survivor Series War Games, the first Survivor Series of the Triple H era. And it was like, to me, at least, the entire show was kind of meh. Like, I think there's a lot of people who really, really enjoyed it, which if you did, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, Yeah, you're totally allowed to enjoy it. I think War Games is a lot of fun. I just, like, coming out of the show, I'm like, there's a lot of creative deficiencies Mm -hmm. outside of the bloodline. And I'm worried for Royal Rumble. (laughs) For me, so War Games is always one of my favorite concepts. Mm -hmm. I love it in NXT. I was super hopeful for it here, especially with Triple H kind of helming that. Um, to me, it was kind of, like, weak, though. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. The men's was good. Um, I think that there were some flaws with the women, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I, I did enjoy it, but I just, it was, you know, eh. So, for people, because uh, Jackie's saying in the chat, she didn't see the show. So, th- we started with the women's war games match. And the teams were pretty cool. It was, like, a lot mm-hmm. of big stars in the women's division. But, and where I really took issue with it, and I told Haley this before, it was very much, like, just a spot. Like, okay, these people are going to come over here and do this spot, and then everyone else is just going to lay around. And there was do, a lot of standing around. Do either, like sell something or do a hold or just like feed uh, you know feed some punches whatever and it was like very disjointed because of that at least in my interpretation of the match and I didn't like the finish um for those of you who didn't see it basically Becky Lynch did um I think it was an elbow Mm -hmm. off the top rope onto the women's tag champions who were on a table and that was the that was the finish of the match uh team Becky, which was actually Team Bianca, won the match. Uh, I didn't like that finish. I didn't like that we have one women's tag team in the division, and then they're the champions, and they're getting pinned. Um, and I just thought the match was like, eh. like in in AW, and like I'm not a tribal girly. I don't like doing these comparisons, but I think comparing this to Blood and Guts is fine. Um, in Blood and Guts, it's very much chaotic, and like you get a lot of cameras like running around trying to catch things, and everyone's doing their own stuff, and you're getting different viewpoints and vantage points and all this sort of stuff. And we didn't get that here. Damage Control took the L, and they took the L the entire match basically, and I was just not into that. Yeah, I do think that it felt a little abrupt um, towards the end. Mm-hmm. I. I have, like, mixed feelings about the finish. Um, Obviously, they're trying, they finished out the storyline from SummerSlam, whatever. Um, But I do think this was an opportunity, and I know that you had said this. Um, I think you texted it to me, but I know you also tweeted it, um, for Rhea to pin Becky. Yeah. Because I think out of all of the women in the match, I mean, you can't argue that Rhea is physically the most imposing um, but yeah, I just think I wanted something more interesting out of it, I guess. Um, but I do, I love Dakota. Um, she was taking a lot of the bumps in this match. Um, and she's one of the more, uh, like skilled in this type of setting. Um, so, you know, we 
love a queen. But <laughs> it was what it was. No, and we we got this standoff with Rhea and Becky uh, mm -hmm. when Becky first came into the match. And people were tweeting like, oh, wow, we could get a really good singles program yeah. out of this. And what a way to get Rhea over than have her pin Becky in War Games. Mm -hmm. Like, that would have been major. And, you know, Chris, our, uh, our adopted dad with a super chat, says Rhea should have gotten the pin, in my opinion. I definitely agree. Yeah. She, of everyone in there, and I'm including Bianca in this, I think she has the most potential to grow in 2023. Um, Bianca's very much solidified in her role. Like, I don't think, I don't think, you know, there's really anywhere else for her to go. So I think losing, Bianca losing doesn't hurt her as much as Rhea and damage control not winning hurts them. Yeah. I think that was just like a bad booking decision not to have the heels win it. Uh, and I really think Rhea pinning Becky or pinning anyone, we'll just say pinning anyone in this match would have done wonders for her on a mm -hmm. stage this big. And I don't know why we didn't go there. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think the whole thing with damage control continuously taking L's, it really bothers me. Um, and we've said it countless times that the women's tag division in WWE needs a lot of work. Um, and they've been kind of hot potatoing those titles. Um, I don't know. I, I think at this point, like, what do you do with damage control? You know, like, do we break yeah. them up? What do we do? I don't know. And it's really weird because we got that report that um, Sasha Banks, like what's holding up her return is money, mm -hmm. essentially, which I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the validity or accuracy of that report in it, like, and in a, it's whole. But I think it's a little weird that like, the women's tag division has very slowly in the Triple H era dissolved, despite the fact that Triple H was the one who brought damage control in yeah. at SummerSlam. And the entire division has just been like slowly devolving, teams leaving, coming and going. And it's like damage control is just there. And this is what, and I think you and I had talked about this. Uh, when the Triple H era started, we were basically like, you know, you guys a lot of people were really excited understandably to have a new creative regime but like I was apprehensive because I watched black and gold and I know a lot of Triple H's weaknesses and we're seeing those really on display and I think what made Survivor Series uh, a weaker show for me compared to other shows Triple H has done is because of his tendencies to book things like this and just you know think that he can recover quickly from things mm -hmm. like this a super chat from Ryan not a joke they need to do some damage control on damage control. Thank you for the super chat. And I think you're right. I think Triple H thinks that he can just bounce back from anything and that the talent can bounce back from anything because it worked a couple times in NXT. But like NXT is the small little niche audience, a lot of whom are watching AW now. And then you have this WWE audience who doesn't know and they don't care. They're not, they don't sit on Twitter and talk theories and fantasy book and watch tag talk. So it's like, I don't know. It's just for me, this entire show, and we'll talk about this later with Theory and Ronda Rousey. It's just like, oh, I just want to grab Triple H and shake him. <laughs> just like, what are we doing? Uh, I did like seeing Alexa in this environment, though. Um, mm -hmm. I was upset that we weren't getting Candace. There were reports about an injury with her, and that's why she couldn't take part in war games. Um, but I did like seeing uh, Alexa in this kind of new environment that we haven't seen her in before. No, I definitely agree. And I think a lot of people really did anticipate Alexa Bliss 
having a heel turn in this match and it didn't happen. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. I anticipated it. And I thought maybe because like they weren't getting the win maybe because of like uh, this Alexa Bliss heel turn was going to happen after the baby faces won. It didn't. Maybe it'll happen on Raw or SmackDown this week. Maybe she's going to do something funny. I don't know. But it's just weird to me. The entire match was weird. It was, like, poorly booked. It didn't feel like war games. It felt just like a wrestling match with a bunch of people in it. And I didn't like – and, you know, people were like, she's unhinged. Of course she's going to do that. I didn't like that um, – Nikki Cross took like 30 years to throw all these trash can lids into the ring and then decided to whip people with her jacket. Don't know who made that decision. It was dumb. Uh, But anyway, and Nikki Cross would just like lay down and then do a big spot and lay down and do a big spot and lay down. I, it took completely took me out of the match. I'm sorry. And the damage, damage control getting beat. That was not for me either. I just, I don't know. I mean, you know, Sky though, um, she was kind of like a bright spot in this entire match. I loved the trash can spot <laughs> from the previous um, yeah. organs that we got. I loved that. And she did um, that moonsault off mm-hmm. the top, which really a lot cool. of people were saying, why isn't there a lid on the war games? But I think we got a ton of spots off the top, so I think that's probably why. Um, and I was scared for a minute because Bianca, like, the way she, uh mm-hmm. EO took the moonsault, like Bianca landed weird, and I was like, Oh no, I was like, no, Oh no, injured. oh no. If, if Bianca's injured, the women's division is like there's no oh, one who can in her shoes. Like, who who? I mean, who? Becky's there now, I guess. So, you know, but but Becky's in, even Becky's not getting the reactions Bianca does. Like, nobody can touch Bianca. Like Bianca is the ceiling. Like, there's no touching Bianca at this point. Yeah, and that's oh my, that was so scary. And people were tweeting like, "I heard a snap." I heard. I was like, "Stop, stop! You cannot speak into existence." Uh, so, what what else do we have? Oh, Survivor Series. Should we talk about Ronda Rousey and Shotzi, or is everyone in agreement that that was a train wreck? Um. I think we're all in agreement that that was a train wreck, and uh, we would all. They like tried to- so hard though to get it over. They had so many big spots, and they were like, "We're gonna get Ronta over. We're gonna do it." But then none of them were executed correctly. Here's my opinion. I like Shotzi. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Shotzi was the right person to put in this match with Ronda to get Ronda over. I just don't think that she's like at that caliber, and we kind of saw that. <laughs> and you know. Ronda not taking the bumps. It was a mess. Yep, it was just it was it was something. <laughs> I, I genuinely I don't know if Rhonda is not putting in effort or if she's just like not getting it if she is trying. Like, is she trying or not at this point? Because I was thinking back and I was thinking back to her debut, and I remember how much I loved it. And like yeah. her leading up to her, you know, big match and her big feud with Becky and Charlotte, like all the stuff she did there. I was like, okay, she's a little messy, but she's brand new. So I totally expect it. But like, there's been no progression skill wise. And if anything, she's gotten worse. And she had all that time off and she came back worse. (laughs) I don't, I honestly, I'm like, is she trying? Is she, or is she just like waiting out her contract and she's going to like, I don't know, but I just don't know how you put her on this stage. With the the women that were in the War Games match, 
And you think Rhonda is worthy of being placed at that level with those women? Absolutely not. Not a single one of them. I, they really do want to capitalize on Rhonda's mainstream fame, but honestly, I don't even think she's mainstream famous anymore. <laughs> no, they should have capitalized that on her debut, and, like, that was that. Like, I feel like nobody, not that nobody cares about Rhonda anymore, but they're like, eh, you know, it's not the same. <laughs> Stop trying to make Rhonda happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> okay, mean she, girls. She is just, I can't, and poor Shotzi. Like, now she looks bad coming out of this. Yeah, it did absolutely nothing for Shotzi. No, I hated this match. I, this match gave me a headache. And so, like, going into the next match, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Okay, speaking of the next match, we had AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Now, if you know us, you know we're Bullet Club girlies for life, okay? We were so excited for this match. We loved the both of them. It just <laughs> fell flat. It was um, so slow. It was so... I. It was, like, watching, like, two senile people in a nursing home. <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't do it. Like, it just was so flat. Like, I think I expected too much, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love them still, but... And it's, like, crazy to me because they, they're framing this entire match as, like, faction wars. Like, you both led the Bullet Club. Now who's leading the best the faction? Like Bullet Club. <laughs> like it, and then you have two factions that are very clearly inspired by the Bullet Club. Yeah. And you're like, who is a better leader, AJ or Finn? The correct answer is AJ. But moving on. Um, I just, it felt like the entire match was in a swimming pool. Like, yes. everyone was moving so slow. And this, and not just like He's AJ like and Momo, literally, yeah. Not just AJ and Finn, like Gallows and Anderson yeah. and the Judgment Day too. I'm like, what is happening here? Like, who booked this match? Who did? Who decided to do this? It felt like, and I, I don't know if anybody else has ever had this experience, but if you take, you know, substances and you take too much of it, and like your body is just moving in slow mo, that's what it felt like watching this match. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, am I okay? Am I on something? And I I really did think he was going to pick up when Finn got AJ up for the Styles yeah. Clash. I was like, here we go, Bullet Club, <laughs> here we go. And I really thought they were going to pop off. And then it just oh. didn't. It was like two more minutes and then they were done. I was well, like, you know oh. What? I am glad that AJ broke his pay-per-view curse. <laughs> so yeah. it's It's been a long time coming. I'm just, I'm really happy for him. And, you know, I tweeted um, that Triple H really should do anything possible to get AJ versus Kenny Omega before they both retire, because I think that's a dream match that needs to happen. But now I'm like, do I want it? If, if And not that AJ is a bad wrestler, but if AJ's wrestling like he doesn't want to get hurt or doesn't want to take bumps, like you can't wrestle Kenny Omega like that. A super chat from our dad chris finn and aj are both over 40 i give them leeway and no being over 40 years old they wrestle well like that's not yeah and and i don't want people to think we're like shaming them or anything but but the fact is that even if you take away athleticism whatever like yeah jackie finn is like 41 i think um i don't expect them to move like they're 20 yeah. But what I do expect is a match that, like, looks good. 
So like if they can't move like they're 20, then you need to book the match in a way that still makes them look good with the way that they can move. And you can do things like Finn getting AJ up for the Styles Clash. And you can have callbacks to Bullet Club things. And it would have been good because in this match, we have Finn and AJ who were in the Bullet Club and Gallows and Anderson are in the Bullet Club. So I just, I was expecting more, more Bullet Club, maybe storytelling and things like that. But we really didn't. And it was just, ugh, for me. It was, eh. Well, and I feel like if you're going to, like, knock off New Japan and, like, basically steal their whole flow um, with a Bullet Club storyline, like, you should have more callbacks to the Bullet Club. Like, obviously, you know that your audience is at least semi-familiar with it, so you can get away with it, and, like, the crowd would know, you know? Yeah. And Michael Cole, to his credit, gave like a good history lesson really on the Bullet good Club. Really good on commentary, yeah. Um, and I really liked that because if in the Vince McMahon era, no chance that None you've gotten the, saying that they were IWGP champions, that Finn and you know Gallus Anderson were like OGs in the Bullet Club, all that sort of stuff. That really did add to the match, and that's mm-hmm. where commentary is so important in wrestling, like adding you know that element to the match, but. I don't know. It seemed like it missed the mark. And I really do think we're going to move forward and do like a six man or something. But Dominic doesn't fit in Judgment Day. He doesn't fit with these guys. He looks so out of place and I hate it. Like I, it makes me physically like cringe seeing him in this faction. Yeah. And I like like the whole like Dominic and like Rhea thing. Mm-hmm. But like, like you said, just seeing him in Judgment Day, like it just doesn't make like, he's a legitimate member. Like, he can hang with these two. <laughs> he can't. If you, if you, okay, who's the better faction leader? You have, you know, AJ, Gals, Anderson, three experienced, great wrestlers. You have Finn and Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio? <laughs> Listen. And and Dam- Damian Priest, he's good too, but we don't need... Damien Priest looked like he did not want to be there, though. <laughs> I didn't want to be there either. You're telling me that I, like, we're squaring up against three wrestlers, like, great New Japan wrestlers, who are, like, very talented, and they're so deep in this Bullet Club lore. And here I am, Damien Priest, getting introduced to this Bullet Club lore as, like, a, a side a side piece to this. And I'm, I'm matched up with Dominic. Dominic <laughs> Mysterio. Oh, man. Put Rhea there. Rhea, Rhea gives more Bullet Club vibes than Dominic. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I would love that. Oh, man. Well, I had a lot more thoughts on that match than I, I thought I did. I feel like we need to move on or else I'm going to keep talking about it. <laughs> Should we um, skip the next one entirely and just go straight to the men's war games? Oh, again... If you didn't know, guys, for some reason, uh, it's character progression for Austin Theory to fail his Money in the Bank cash-in just to win the title in this triple threat at Survivor Series. For some reason, I'm supposed to believe that that's his story and his character. Um, it sucked. I don't know why. Yeah, I think that was sucked. true. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it, it's giving Vince McMahon. <laughs> and I tweet, and listen. I'm not a Triple H hater. I'm not. I love NXT Black and Gold. But this is very much where he's showing the fact that he was trained and groomed for this role by Vince McMahon. Uh, Because this is something Vince McMahon would have done. Except his name would have been Theory, not Austin Theory. But 
uh, it just it happens like he fails his cash in and then he like goes out on a journey and comes back a year later and wins. Okay, that's character progression, that story. But like this, what are we doing? I don't understand it. And I feel like there was so much story left for Seth and the title that we're just like not gonna get now. And I think that that sucks. And I am hoping it's like we talked about before we went live. I'm hoping it's Seth Roman, but I don't think we're getting Seth Roman. I think Seth is just gonna like, I don't know what we're gonna do. Like what Seth Bobby Lashley? Like, I, I just don't understand it because Seth Rollins is consistently one of the greatest parts of WWE TV, regardless of who's in charge. Like you have something really, really great there with Seth Rollins, and Austin Theory is consistently bad. So, it is true. It's true. Let's be honest, guys. It's true. And so, I don't know. This was so bad. Like, objectively bad. And going into Royal Rumble, I've never felt less confident. I know. And, because last year, even when, like, even when WWE Creative is at its worst, like, I can, there's something I can latch on to. And all I have now, all I have now is the bloodline. And even then, I'm not confident in the conclusion of the Bloodline story. So let's go into men's war games. Um, I enjoyed the match. Um, I did too. I like the story progression. I, In my opinion, the Bloodline story is one of the strongest in all of wrestling right now. Um, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. I am still under the assumption that Jay is going to either turn on Roman or cost Roman in some way, and that's gonna, you know, lead to the like explosion <laughs> of the bloodline. But uh, I think the bigger story coming out of it is definitely the Sammy KO, yeah, stuff. So a while back, um, there was like video of Sammy and KO like hugging after I think it was a Raw. Uh, and we, we talked about it and we were like okay so this is definitely something wwe is going to do sammy and ko are going to reunite and they're going to take out the usos and i still believe that yeah i still think we've been building to that this entire time with the bloodline story sammy uh you know turning on the bloodline reuniting with ko or even like the bloodline turning on sammy and then sammy runs back to ko to bring him in to be the bloodline what whatever ends up happening i think it's good either way um but like now I'm it's a little weird <laughs> because uh, going into Royal Rumble and like looking at what Roman has ahead of him, I think it's the Usos. I think Sammy KO. I don't I don't think there's any other way you can go. And if you do something else, then you're missing, you know, the point of the story entirely. But Roman, I'm like, it's almost like Roman and everyone else in the bloodline are like on two different wavelengths. Like, I feel like we're not telling the same story here. And the relationship between Roman and Sammy is really, really interesting. <clears throat> and it's like, Roman's almost like detached from it. And I get it. He's the tribal chief. He's above everyone else, blah, blah, blah. But you have all the belts <laughs> entangled in this story. And I just, they need to like click them together. Like we need a little, there's something missing here. No, I agree. Um, I liked what we saw on SmackDown um, mm-hmm. and just like those little like um, moments between Sammy and Roman and him being 
like using it as a test to see if Sammy really is for the bloodline or if, you know, Sammy's a snake. Um, obviously, Sammy is for the bloodline for now. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I it, I know it's just gonna it's gonna break our hearts so bad when <laughs> when it inevitably happens, but you know. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think this is definitely the best thing WWE has going, and I think it's yeah. well just within the last five years, maybe in the last ten years, the best story they've pieced together on their own, <laughs> like without the fans getting someone organically over. Because Daniel Bryan, that's like its own its own world over there. Um, just like coming out of this though, this was a great match and there's like great story progression. And I just hope that they stay the course and I'm not confident they will. Um, I, I don't know, like coming out of survivor series, it was a good show. It was okay, but I'm not seeing, I'm not trusting the creative vision. Like, I think my honeymoon period with triple H was over a long time ago, but now it's giving me like black and gold war flashbacks. (laughs) like some of the big missteps there and like having it happen on a stage this big though is like mm, like i don't i don't know maybe maybe it's just me maybe i'm like i'm because i'm going back and i'm like watching a lot of black and gold and like thinking about triple h and how he sees wrestling and all this sort of stuff and i don't know i'm just i don't know no i i definitely um feel your apprehension um I think that's normal and you know we should be but uh <laughs> let's move on to uh better pastures right better pastures greener pastures greener pasture. <laughs> better pastures my, my brain's a little off today you guys <laughs> oh wow um just a reminder, guys, if you want your question, your comment, your opinion, whatever it might be read on the air, make sure to submit a super chat. We will read every single one. We unfortunately cannot read every single comment that's in the chat, but we appreciate you guys being here and interacting with us and being respectful in the chat. Um, thank you. Just you're, It's a great group. You are all very nice people. But if we finish Survivor Series, let's get into AEW. What a week for AEW. <laughs> it really it really feels like AEW is like back, back in the groove, back in the thick of things. Um I'll let you pick what we start with though, because there's a lot of stories coming out of AEW TV this week. I think we should start with the elite. Of course, of course. Of course. In the room, right? <laughs> well, okay. Okay, I'll just give a rundown in case anyone in the chat somehow hasn't heard about the Elite. Um, So the Elite are, like, mixed up in this best of seven with Death Triangle, which they are now down two matches in a best of seven, which is really scary. Um, (laughs) But I... It's because of the hammer and the whole thing. But anyway, um, the Elite are in Chicago because it's AW tradition. The Dynamite Before Thanksgiving is in Chicago. So the wrestling death triangle and there's F the elite chance, like the, they're getting booed, the crowd granted there are FC and punk chance too. There were, and there are cheers for the elite, but the elite do a lot of like crazy stuff in this match. They, they mock uh, CM Punk's botch, uh, buckshot lariat. There was Kenny biting Kenny <laughs> back on the forearm where he got bit by a steel, presumably, <laughs> which, uh, 
Kenny did the GTS. Yeah. He did the like the go to sleep hand thing. So like very much playing into the where we had this fight with CM Punk and now everyone in Chicago hates us XYZ, which Chicago fans and a lot of people were like mad about it and like shitting on the Chicago fans. But like, guys, they're booing them because they're it's what's expected and yeah. there's smiles on their faces while they're booing them. They were having there are, <laughs> there are people in Chicago actually legitimately wanted to beat up the elite. Like it's all part. It's a, it's just good fun. It's good fun. Um, I did think it maybe I think think there were some parts where it was like a little much. I was like, okay, like you need to chill on the crowd, not yeah. anyone else in the match. Um, I was a little disappointed though because I think Death Triangle, because of this big looming story with CM Punk and the Elite and like all this stuff, despite being up 2-0 in the series, it does feel like Death Triangle is sort of like falling by the wayside and. The tension between Pack and Phoenix, I get maybe that's like intentional because we're getting a death triangle split. Uh, but I, I don't know. What do you think? I agree. Um, I do feel like it's kind of being overshadowed a little bit uh, mm-hmm. just because of everything going on. Um, I liked the little, like, uh, you know, poke and fun. I, I love Petty Elite. I think that's one of their best. And they've, they've done this before. I don't understand why people on Twitter and otherwise act like this is anything new for them. Um, and I think that if Punk can make little subtle jabs about it, then they have every right to as well. And I think it's all in good fun both ways. Um, I am curious to see if they're going to be down 3-0 and before they take it and go to 7. I think because, so. Because aren't the finals in california yeah and uh was oh um someone was saying this on twitter i'm sorry maybe someone in the chat remembers who originally said this but it's like kenny lost to the hammer and who else who got pinned this week was it matt yeah matt lost to the hammer so now nick has to lose to the hammer and then i'm thinking in match four uh Maybe, like, that's where we see Pac and Phoenix really fighting over the hammer. Like, Phoenix doesn't want to win with the hammer. Like, he wants to win the whole best of seven, like, on his own merit. And I think maybe we see that dissolve there. I don't know. It's really interesting. It is interesting. And I feel I was apprehensive about how this was going to go if they do go to seven. Like, oh, how can we, you know, keep it fresh every Mm -hmm. week? But if we get, like, little subtle things in the story like i don't mind no i i really do think the best of seven was a good plan for the elite coming back because it really gives them something solid to hold on to and like really work to you know solidify themselves get rid of any ring rust or anything they might have uh and i think the hammer story with death triangle was super interesting because you can tell that pack really does want to win at any cost and the Lucha Bros, you know, they've always been, for, I mean, in AEW at least, I should say, they've always been sort of, like, willing to do anything to win, but, like, they're also, at their core, good people. Like, Phoenix bringing out his kid, and when they beat the Young uh, the young Bucks at All Out last year, they brought their kids out. Uh, so they're, like, wholesome. They're very much, I think they they're very similar to the Young Bucks in that way. So... It's really interesting to see the tension there. I'm just 
I do think the league go down by three matches. And I tweeted this and I'm like still kind of like working through it. But I almost wonder if Hangman is involved somehow. The elite go down, you know, three nothing. And then maybe they get a pep talk from Hangman and they like work it out and they figure out a way to win. I don't know, maybe something like that. But I thought this match was really great. And I really, really do enjoy seeing the elite back in AEW. I think they really do add something. And I didn't mind the CM Punk references. A lot of people were mad and they thought it was childish or whatever, especially because Kenny Omega and that Sports Illustrated uh, interview had said fans need to let it go. But I it's, I almost feel like they had to. Yeah. If they showed up in Chicago and tried to pretend that nothing happened, mm, I don't know. People would have been mad either way. They yeah. didn't address it. They did address it. Yeah, and I, listen, we got a lot of memes out of it, especially yeah, the Kenny biting thing. That was so many, I made so many Thanksgiving memes with that picture you got. You, you really did. It was great. We were in our group chat just sending the picture to each other back and forth. Being in a group chat with me and Haley is a hellish experience. It's so bad, you guys. We, we take over the group chat and everyone just politely lets us do it. But, uh. I don't want to expose our group chat antics too much, but um, I also think on being the elite at the beginning, uh, there was like a little bit where they were like, we're going to Chicago. We don't know how we're going to be received, but it's going to be fun and entertaining regardless. So I think a lot of this heel work that they did was improvised on the spot. I think they realized when they came out to the booze, they were like, okay, so death triangle is going to get cheered. We're going to get booed, but let's, let's play into it. Let's give up like something memorable. Let's make this, you know, the highlight of dynamite. And I think it was. One of my favorite things is mostly since they've come back, Nick can't like wipe the smile off his face, even though he should be like straight face and like me, like he just can't stop smiling when people are booing at him. And I love it so much. I think it's so funny. I loved on uh, being the elite, they come out and they're getting booed. And Nick and Kenny are looking around smiling. And Matt's like angry Matt. He's like immediately in heel mode. You know who he does? And he like struts like, in the ring. Uh, our adopted dad, Chris, with a super chat. He says, I have to go. Love you both. End the show. Love you we too. love you too. Thank you for coming and joining us for a few minutes. Um, I know it's been... It's been a lot this show, but we're. I think I think this has been one of my favorite tag talks yet. Um, simply, simply because I have a lot to say, <laughs> and we always have a lot to say, but like specifically this week. <laughs> yes, this has been a long week. Um, I traveled back from New Jersey. I had a layover in the where was I? Charlotte <laughs> Airport. Oh. So I it was I had like a two or three two hour thirty minute layover something like that. And there's so many Karens because everyone's traveling for Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was a lot, but I had a good time at full year. So it's okay. But back to AEW. In other AEW news, especially kind of concerning the elite, uh, 10 of the Dark Order turned heel in a devastating fashion. Poor, negative one, was, poor negative one was sobbing. He was crying. He needs an award for that. I, I love negative one. It crushed my heart. Like, I was okay. I was like, oh, like, this sucks. Like, I hate this. But then negative one came out, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I'm, listen, I'm happy it happened because I feel like 10 needs to form 
Yeah. Or I guess he's not 10 anymore. Preston Vance yeah. needs to form his identity in AW that isn't just like Brody Lee's protege. Um, as much as that will always be part of his identity. And I think he'll always want that to be part of his identity. Um, but then I I started thinking about it because, of course, Preston Vance helped Roosh. And mm-hmm. Roosh is in a faction with Andrade. So I don't know. I don't know what Preston Vance is doing in this faction. I don't know how he met these guys. I don't know. But I, I everybody's just getting thrown into it, though. Like, it's such a random group. (laughs) But, like, I'm kind of into it. Like, I I don't know where Andrade stands with AEW because I think it's been a little weird. He's had ups and downs, and I don't think he's ever peaked in AEW like people expected him to. Uh, Roosh, though, Roosh is really over. I think over a lot more than Andrade, as weird as that is. Mm -hmm. I wonder if, like, either this is going to be a trio thing. Or it's Roosh and Preston Vance moving forward. And Andrade will be worked back in at some point. I don't know what's going on there. Regardless, though, I I kind of like it. I like this little weird faction. <laughs> <laughs> Look, anything that gets Butcher Blade and Buddy on my TV, I'm full. I don't care. <laughs> Period. I And I love um, Penelope and the Bunny coming out and just, like, being part of the women's division and being intimidating in the mm-hmm. women's division. There's a lot going on in the women's division and we won't get too much into it. Cause we could do it like a two hour episode just on that. But like, <laughs> finally the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel for the women's division. Um, but back to dark order, like, and I was, I told you this before, I really do think it's building to, you know, the complete dissolution of the dark order, but then coming back together mm-hmm. uh, with, maybe all the original members. I don't know. I don't know where Stu Grayson and, you know, Alan Angel stand with that. Um, but hopefully Anna J too, because mm-hmm. I need her in there. And I really hope that that's the story we're telling. And maybe Hangman's involved in that reunion somehow. I don't know. But, you know, now we have, we have Silver Reynolds and Uno, who could be trios, could be just, I don't know what they're doing. I, they could start trying to recruit new people. I don't know. But it would be a shame if they got rid of the Dark Order. Yeah. Like, realistically, I guess they could do Silver and Reynolds in the tag division. I would love to see that. I think that they deserve a run. Um, but then, like, what do you do with Uno? You know? Ryan says Colt Cabana. Uh, I don't know if you we can still count Colt Cabana as Dark Order. Yeah. I don't know. He had that match, um, which was basically, it wasn't even about Colt Cabana. It was just about, like, F.U.C. and Punk. He had that match with Chris Jericho. Um, but I don't know. I think he's ROH bound, and I think that mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think he's kind of, like, out of the dark order just, just by proxy because of that. But dark order, if you, you can't get rid of that. Negative one is there. He has to, like, grow up and be part of the dark order. Yeah. So we, we we can't. And if Tony Khan does it, uh, I will simply protest. <laughs> As we should. You know, we're going to make big signs. Liz, we're I will. protest outside every show. <laughs> I'm going to, listen, I'll sell all my belongings and I'll just follow AEW around the country. <laughs> and I will have my bring back the Dark Order signs. <laughs> As we should. As we should. But other big AEW news this week. How's the black being awesome again? Listen, 
House of Black, you know, Julia Hart is like not the leader, but she is. Okay. Totally. Literally. They get, let's get that out of the way. If you disagree, we're not watching the same television program because he is. Um, but Malachi Black looked so cool. It was like when he debuted against Cody and was just like so unpredictable, but also so violent and just dominating. Like he was that again. And just seeing House of Black back together, hopefully all healthy and happy. I don't know. I loved that segment. And I love that we're kind of leaning more into like the culty side of things and like mm-hmm. I'm we're spooky like and like yeah. leaning into the spooky thing like I think that you know I know we said um maybe a couple episodes back um that when they do come back they definitely need like a reinvention and I think that we're seeing that and I love it and I do think that the person benefiting most um from it is Julia but like you said Malachi looked like a star like, he looks yeah. like a star. I love Malachi Black. Um, I can't wait to see what they do. But I think now you almost have to, like, put them in anything that you can. <laughs> like, just throw everything at them. Every title, just every opportunity, just throw it at them. <laughs> I, th- I think they're going to burn through the best friends quick. I think they're probably going to move on to another trios. I don't know who. I think we're, di- well, I think we're still building House of Black versus the Elite. I think that's yeah. still our end goal because I think I think the confrontation between Malachi and Kenny is going to be gold and I think that'll really put butts in seats for revolution mm-hmm. or you know wherever they decide to do it uh, I think that's still the goal and I think AW mm-hmm. is building to that but in the meantime House of Black is going to do some really good stuff and mm-hmm. I'm really excited for it because I when AW a few months back did that backstage shakeup and they hired new people for things or promoted people rather. And they hired, you know, people, it did a lot for the women's division. I think Madison rain undeniably yeah. is doing great things for the women's division. Give her her, give her her flowers for that because my God. But I also think um, with like the, the more creative people in AW like Malachi, I, I think it's clear between Malachi and, you know, House of Black's last match and this, you know, segment, this run-in, I think there's been, like, something has been worked out. Mm-hmm. And I think Malachi is really, like, taking the reins on it a lot more than he was before. And I think Tony Khan is learning uh, to really trust the talent that he has and let them do a lot of these really creative things, both in the women's division, clearly, but I also think here. And I don't know. I'm so excited for House of Black. And, you know, Blackpool Combat Club being a mass – like this is this is a source of stability for us. <laughs> oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about the BCC. Oh. And, and what a crazy week in wrestling in AW when the BCC is like not the biggest story. But the BCC guys, what the heck is going on? William oh, Regal turns on Moxley, and then Moxley's like, "Oh, I'm gonna beat him up. Like I'm gonna get my revenge. Natural, right?" But then Danielson is like, "Please don't." Like, and then he hits Moxley. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Listen, that eventual Danielson turn is going to be so good. (laughs) It's going to be so good, but the BCC, I'm still mourning it. Like, I know it's coming, but, like, I do, I had visions for the BCC. Yeah. And now I'm going to have to watch poor Claudio join the JAS. Wheeler (laughs) Yuta is going to turn on everybody and, like, go to Ring of Honor and do his thing. And then we have Moxley and Danielson, where Moxley's not going to get his vacation yet because he has to deal with Danielson and Regal. 
poor Mox. Literally, every single time, like, he drops a title or, like, whatever, we're like, oh, finally, he can go take a break. And then he gets dragged right back in. <laughs> Literally, us before full gear, we're like, uh, MJ has to win because Moxley needs his vacation. And that was the only reason. Zero vacation time. Nothing. Not on my watch. <laughs> if I was Moxley, I'm simply pushing Danielson out of the way. The fuck out. Like move, and I'm gonna go fight William Regal. Like I feel like that's just common sense, Moxley. He slapped you in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and his little jeans and his like little Washington Seattle like look. Please, Brian. I'm, I'm team Mox in that. The BCC is really cool. I'm sad that Claudio is gonna be. I mean, maybe not, but I'm presuming he's going to be forced to join the JAS. But listen, I hope once he's in the JAS, he turns everyone against Chris Jericho and they all beat him up. Like, so good. He's got to be the rat on the inside. He has to. Right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. AEW. Wow, it really is back. It really does feel like it's back. Mm -hmm. But more AEW news. FTR and Top Flight had a great match, guys. And oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm so uh, happy and excited that we get to see Top Flight in a position like this. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a great match. I would love to see more from these two teams down the line, like maybe even a storyline of some sort. Mm-hmm. I think that they could produce some really good stuff together. No, I definitely agree, and I like FTR being on TV and having great matches because it really keeps the fans invested in FTR. Mm-hmm. And with uh, at the end of the match, uh, of course, we had the Ass Boys coming out, which they're seemingly endless feud with FTR. Um, Graham with a super chat says Regal returning to WB. You know, Paul's Paul's going to offer money. Uh, Regal still has time on his contract with AW. He signed uh, a multi-year contract, so he's not going anywhere unless he gets released, which is not going to happen because he's he's, oh, he he's would still, never. <laughs> he, he's still integral to this BCC story, um, especially with Danielson. So Regal's not going to WW anytime soon. But back to FTR. Um, I think the ass boys are going to be their little like link into a few of the acclaims because of Billy Gunn. Um, I don't, I don't know how they would work it, but I, first of all, I'm so sick of the ass boys. Um, I think they are so bad. It not, not like in the ring. Listen, I think they've progressed a lot and I think they should get their credit for that. But them as these heels who are just like, always inserting themselves where they don't belong and like shooting way above their pay, their pay grade. Um, I'm not into it, but <laughs> I am into the acclaimed and the acclaimed versus FTR like goofballs versus like real serious wrestlers who are like so dedicated and so passionate. That's good. And mm-hmm. I want that. So the quicker we get past the ass boys, the sooner we can get to that. I'm just thinking back to, I. it had to have been like one of the first few tag talks. I don't even know. But we used to be so anti-ass boys. And then like, there was like a little period of time where we were like, yeah, like we're coming around. And now we're anti-ass boys again. We were, and we were coming around. No, Peaks and Bellies is the ass boys. And you know what? Uh, looking back, it's just because we felt bad for them because they're bad about <laughs> them. Just pitying them. Yeah, it was pity. It was pity. That was all it was. It was the daddy issues, 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, 
this match was really great. And I really think AW, the tag team division is really bouncing back from mm-hmm. the summer. Because this summer was rough for AW, especially for tag team wrestling. But I think they're really bouncing back. Ryan says, I like the ass boys. Uh, we know you do, bud. <laughs> uh, that's so that's so Ryan of you. Listen, but, we may not like the ass boys, but this is a safe place for ass boys <laughs> If you're an ass boys fan, I'm fine with that, but just know that I despise them. <laughs> it's okay, you know. Okay. Um, and Top Flight also. I like Top Flight. Uh Darius is back. I like that they're being, you know, introduced again as a team because Dante <clears throat> for so long has just been Dante Martin singles on his own. Uh, so I'm really excited to see Top Flight doing stuff again as a team. I would like to see more Private Party because Private Party on, you know, AW's other shows like Dark and Elevation and, you know, all those sort of things has been doing this Matt Hardy story. And I think it's interesting. And I would like to see more of that on, uh, if not Dynamite, then Rampage yeah. to really, really like, uh, because we have MJF and Jamie Hayter as our singles champs to really start doing that for the tag division. Uh, Cause you have the acclaimed, but there's no other homegrown tag teams that are, you know, next in line, so to speak. So I would really like to see them do that. Me too. I agree. I love private party. So I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I think that we do need to run back uh, the young bucks match. Eventually. With private party. Yeah. Well, private party and FTR. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like, we have a Young Bucks bucket list here. Yeah, FTR first priority. Yeah. <laughs> Private party, whenever, but yeah. When, whenever. Uh, and it feels like every week we're talking about, like, Tony Khan, you need to do this, like, ASAP. And ASAP. Like, he needs to do it. Because <laughs> if anything, Brawl Out has proven that the elite can be taken away from AW like that. So, figure it out, Tony, okay? Yeah, Okay, look, all right, we did Survivor Series, did House of Black, did, oh, Sting, Darby, and Muda. Listen, <laughs> I, I think this is so interesting, and I'm so happy for Darby. Uh, I don't know, I'd just love to see him, like, live out, like, these, like, dream match type scenarios. I just think it's great. Yeah, and I'd like to see, you know, now with uh, the COVID vaccine being available and, like, you know, countries opening up, especially Japan, who had such strong, like, rules about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like seeing wrestlers, especially from AEW, going into Japan and, you know, doing stuff over there. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom confirms Omega versus Osprey. FTR confirms going to be there. Don't know who they're wrestling yet. So I really love this. Cr- I, I always love interpromotional stuff, but I love that it's not, like, branded as forbidden door as much as i loved forbidden door don't get me wrong uh but like just just you know dream match stuff and things like that and i think this is one of those situations darby being thrown in there and I, when i first saw it i was like um <laughs> i was like um okay uh but darby he deserves to be mixed up with these legends to really you know get that rub like get himself over to this audience uh because I do think Darby Allen has needed something for a long time since he lost the TNT title. So this is like something that could really help him out a lot. No, I agree. Um, I was all for Sting and Muda just when it was them. And then Darby got added and I was like, ooh, I'm down for this. You know, I love whenever we can involve like the next crop of stars. Yeah. At first I was like, don't put Darby in my like, my like dream match 
fantasy books whole. But now I'm here for it. Darby deserves it. And Darby can do a lot more in the ring than these two simply because he's a lot younger. So true. So true. And even though Sting will try. He's saying, like, oh, you want me to do a moonsault off this, like, 50-foot, like, railing? I'll totally do it. Sting is a madman. <laughs> like, I love Sting. Sting I love Sting, but he worries me. And, like, I think back, and, like, Sting was a big part of my childhood. And I watched a lot, a lot, a lot of WCW. I watched a lot of TNA. So, like, Sting was, like, my dude. And now in AW, every time he does something, I'm like, I'm like please don't. Please don't do that. Uh, but he's for his age, he's like so resilient. He's just he like, looks great. Yeah. yeah, he can do more than I could, and I'm 22. <laughs> like, That's so true. Like over 60. <laughs> I would never want to wrestle Sting because Sting no. would kick my ass. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So shout out to Sting. Um, you know what? Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Darby's not turning on Sting. He's, he's like, <laughs> I. He's getting his ass beat by Sting. We have been on the Darby Allen heel turn train for months. <laughs> Before we even mentioned it to anyone else, we have been talking about it because I feel like it's the natural next step for Darby Allen to really, um, one, get experience with his character and like really form himself into something uh, multidimensional. And I also think it, he can't be with Sting forever. Yeah. And so like, if someone's going to like turn on someone, I hope it's Darby on Sting. And I just think, um, I don't know, you got to do it. Uh, this is an interesting question. Do you put Sting and Darby in the next Blood and Guts? No, because I'm hoping the next Blood and Guts is a women's Blood and Guts. Uh, team Soraya versus Team Britt. Oh, be so good. I think, I think you have to. I think there's no way. There is no way Soraya having a team of five people on her Dynamite debut and Britt having five people was a coincidence. There's no way. And I think after seeing um, that, like, street fight match with, uh, it was Bunny, uh, Penelope. And TJ. Yeah. I mean, it was so good. Yeah. So I would love to see. And, I mean, Britt, too. Like, you know, she's had her moments. I love that. Yeah. And I still, and a lot of people were mad that Britt didn't turn on Jamie um, at Full Gear. But listen, Britt st- is still taking the mic from Jamie, not letting her talk, still overshadowing it's Jamie. Coming. The story's still there. Like, you guys, you just have to read into the nuances of it. Um, but yeah, I'm super into everything going on in the women's division between Athena and, you know, Kira Hogan getting fired from the baddies mm-hmm. and Sasha Banks still out and about doing whatever. <laughs> women's wrestling is like... We love women's wrestling. Always. We love women's wrestling. This is a tag team wrestling show. But, you know, we like women. And, and we, you know, <laughs> if you know the lore of me and Kylie, we've done women's wrestling shows in the past. Kaylee, so. stop. <laughs> no, I did. That's true. Like We did. We did a women's wrestling show. Um, anyway, back on track. AW had a heck of a week. WWE had a good week, too, but a weaker pay-per-view. But um, that's just, like, a lot of people love Survivor Series. So that's just, like, my opinion on it. Yeah, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was that's how I felt. So, we're coming up on an hour that's normally when we wrap. Haley, I need your final thoughts and I need your plugs. Where can people find you? My final thoughts. 
I don't have final thoughts this week. Uh, I, they might be a little too controversial, so I'm going to keep them to myself. Um, <laughs> you guys can what if we shied away from controversy on this show? Listen, I can't afford controversy right now, so um, you guys can follow me <laughs> on Twitter. Um, at Alien underscore. Um, yeah, I do writing and editing stuff for Nerds and Beyond. Um, a lot of like wrestling and nerdy stuff, so if you guys like that. I'm your gal. You can check me out over there. Um, I also have my Substack, which is the Wrestling News. It's linked on my Twitter. It's free to subscribe. So if you aren't subscribed, you guys should. Um, Kylie, what are your final thoughts and plugs? Um, I'm really excited for AW Dynamite this week, um, mm-hmm. especially because the Elite story. I want to see the House of Black on TV again. I want to see FTR on TV again. Uh, I think Tony Storm is doing great stuff. I want to see. I want to see more progression. I want to see AW really get back into the rhythm, which I think they are. Um, as for WWE, I want to see Triple H fix a lot of these issues that we talked about in the show. Um, and I think he can, I think Triple H is very capable of it. And I think there's a lot of great people around Triple H who can help him with that. I don't want him to shed like the burden of the Vince McMahon teachings. I want him to become his own person. And I really, it won't happen this week, but I hope it happens soon. Those are my closing thoughts. Wrestling is in a great place, but you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie, but everything I'm doing there, um, including Haley and I have been messing around with AI art recently. So you can go check out my Twitter for our uh, art, our little AI. AI I deleted mine because it was giving people nightmares, but. <laughs> you retweet, tweet it again. It was no. so um, But if you want to see that, uh, see my Twitter for that. Um, uh, what else? I'm on TikTok. I don't know what my TikTok handle is. I'll tweet it. Uh, I'm on Hive. My my Hive is the opposite of this. It's Kylie Fuller. Um, yeah. Wait, what else? Oh, I'm totally missing all the plugs. My brain is not there. Uh, you can tag talk is every Monday at three. It's, uh, last week we had a different time, but this is our normal time on Fightful Overbooked every week. So you can come see us. We will most likely be here every Monday at three. Um, you can also follow at Romantic Wrestle. That is Romanticized Wrestling. That is uh, me and Haley and our friend Kyle's little channel where we're, we just we post whenever we want. I'm sorry, but it's just like we're busy. And Kyle has a full-time job, so he's busy. Um, but we do our best. And also, um, Haley and I are going to do – I'm putting this out there, so now you have to do it. <laughs> Haley and I are going to do a wrestling gift guide. Um I really want to do it. And now me saying it means that Haley has to do it too. So we'll put that on Romanticized Wrestling. So we can see my Twitter about that. Also, you can, if you're watching this after we go live, thank you. You can like this video. You can comment below. You can also find the audio on all your podcast um, platforms. Um, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked here. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked there. Lots of great content on this channel. Uh, did I hit all the plugs? I think. Oh. The Tag Talk Awards. Oh my god, the Tag oh Talk Awards! We're <laughs> doing Tag Talk Awards. Um, we are. Some of you, like looking in the chat, I know for a fact some of you have already done yours, but if you want to be part of the Tag Talk Awards, um, the link is on my Twitter. The link is also on Haley's Twitter. We're doing end of year awards. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, we are always so focused on interactivity on this show. So make sure you take the time to do that. Just a couple minutes. It'll be, and you know, it's a lot of fun. Like 10 questions about tag team wrestling. Very easy stuff. Easy, easy, easy. That's how it should be. 
Uh, I think now we hit all the plugs. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week. I know it was a little bit longer than normal, but again, guys, we had a lot to talk about. We had a lot more than normal to talk about. So thank you for really, if you made it this far, sticking out with us to the end. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its opera ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com.